Welcome to the spring sports season premiere of this week in Indian Hill Braves Athletics here on IndianHillBraves.org and ESP Media powered by Sidemore Sports. My name is Jason Griefer. Once again, we are happy to be joined by Indian Hill Athletic Director Brian Phelps. Brian, good to see you again. Good to talk to you again. We got a lot to cover here in the show today as the spring sports are getting going, but it's kind of put a, kind of the, the winter sports season to bed because there were a couple of some news and notes that have developed since we last talked here uh, on the podcast. Number one, uh, a really great winter sports season all the way around, uh, of course, as we covered as the season wound down. And it's put you in a good spot as far as the all sports trophy goes uh, in the league right now. Currently sitting in uh, second place behind uh, Wyoming. You've been right there neck and neck with them through the fall and uh, through the winter uh, right now. How do you feel like your team sets your spring sports seasons set up to possibly get you that all sports trophy here? Yeah, no, I, I think um, start of the school year to, to know that we're in this position starting the spring is a win in itself, uh, no doubt. And we feel really good about spring. We have some really strong uh, teams and we'll, we'll see how things all shake, shake out, but we're really excited for what spring holds for the Indian Hill Braves and um we look forward to a deep run in the tournament as well. We'll be talking about the spring as we go along here, not only today, but for the next uh, several weeks in, into into uh, late May. But uh, a couple of news and notes uh, since we last talked, uh, as far as postseason activities go for your winter sport athletes, let's start first with a Harris Foad, one of your uh, really strong wrestling season he had, goes out and performs very well and finishes uh, sixth at the state meet. Pretty good. Yeah, great. He, he has, has really done a great job all year and, as we've talked about, we've had some, you know, some stoppages to the wrestling uh, season. And once the tournament came, he, he did great. It was a lot of fun to, to see him at districts. And, you know, with all the restrictions, uh, really not uh, allowed to see him live at, at state. But to get on the podium uh, for him, he's a Washington and Lee commit. So he'll be moving on to wrestle at the next level. I think a, a really great way to, to finish his high school career. You never did were able to get in there as a worker? Well, I think we've talked about my bathroom monitor um, <laughs> experiences, and that, that may have leaked out, so they, they didn't let me get to the, the rest. We'll see what we can do going forward here into the spring sports season. Uh, also, since we last talked, you have a double state champ in Gibson Holmes in the pool. Of course, we talked during the season uh, about your boys' swim team and, and how good they were. They wanted finishing, I think, second as a team at, at the state competition as well, but uh, – he brings home two individual state championships. Pretty good capper to the season there, I would say. He's he's just an absolute stud. And, you know, a sophomore, so he's young. He's only going to continue to get better. What a great kid. I mean, just swimming in general, boys and girls side, swim and dive, just they, they brought it this year. And and definitely Gibson Holmes is the leader of that crew from a uh, um, <laughs> just an ability standpoint. But he really is amazing. And it's really going to be – exciting to see where how he continues to grow and as you said two more years to go of this so state of ohio good luck over the next couple of years because he as you said he's only going to mature and get better and who knows how low the times are going to go over the next two years so now let's move in let's start talking about our uh, spring sports seasons because they are underway uh, let's start on the diamond first let's talk about your baseball team here got going uh, at the end of uh, march here and uh, kind of an up and down results early on LaSalle gets you pretty good you come back with a win over cincinnati christian and then most recently importantly start off league play very well with a, a 15 to 9 win over deer park you'll see them again a little bit later on 
this week here. So good to see the bats get going after a pretty tough stretch early on in the non-conference against a very good schedule there. Uh, how important was that for you to see the bats get going, especially as you're starting to enter league play? Well, it was a big day for us as, as tradition goes. Uh, we called it opening day and did some fun ac activities and festivities. And, you know, Wildman Walker was here announcing each, you know, player coming up and the walk-up music and some free food and, you know, just a, a great feel, a great spring day. Uh, got out to an 8-0 lead and credit to Deer Park. They came back and actually made it 9-8 to and we responded um, right away. So it was just a good, great way to open up league play. And as you mentioned, uh, we've had a pretty tough non-league schedule, I think, by design. And hopefully that sets us up well for league play. But to get that first league win um, was really important for us. And it was a great way to start uh, really the season. Yeah, Deer Park coming up here again to finish off the two-game series with them on the season. you got Marymount coming up, uh, Redding and Taylor beyond that. Of course, Taylor's won the league three years in a row, so you know everybody's going to be chasing him. It's been actually, I think, since 2016, the last time they, they lost a league game. So still a long way to go before we get there, but a, a good start in league play uh, nevertheless. Let's change gears. Let's stay on the diamond, though. We're going to stick. We're going to switch gears and go to your softball team. Uh, here right now and they're just getting their season started they took on Deer Park yesterday on Monday and it was a game you you'd rather forget and not really have to worry about uh, discussing what happened there it wound up in more than lopsided fashion so it, it's been it, I'm sure as you've seen it's been a struggle for the softball program the last several years uh, in, in the CHL and, and, and this result here doesn't go, doesn't go towards changing that. But as you said, we're just getting started here. It's, it looks, it's shaping up right now to, be, to basically be an all league season uh, for you. So with that said, and now that we've got a game under our belts, what have the coaches said about the team's look, not only maybe just in the first game, but in practice leading up to that first game. And uh, what is their confidence level that despite this first result, they can actually start to make progress and start to move up the ladder uh, in the CHL. So really the attitudes are great. I, I think a lot of the kids that are playing are, are new type of players. Um, we do have some nice young talent. I mean, th there's some talented girls all through the ranks, but for the most part, it's an inexperienced team. And we've looked at that program as a whole for the future. And, and we're taking some steps that I think will really Help us. I don't know how quickly that will, will result and when necessarily, but um, we're putting a, a more of an effort into our youth program, partnering with with our, our rec um, leagues here in Indian Hill and mm -hmm. giving kids and teams more time on, in, on our facilities and really try to grow the program. I, I'm really not sure how much of an effort um, youth softball has, has you know, been paid attention to in the past, but we want all of our programs to be top-notch programs. It's not a top-notch program right now. We know that. Um, taking those steps to get better, but really most importantly for this year and um, you know maybe next year too, we have great kids. The coaches have great attitudes. They come every day wanting to try to get just a little bit better. Air Park's a really good team. They put it on us pretty good, and we, we may see some more of those this year, but, um, you know, as you evaluate programs, you evaluate each program getting better a little bit each each day and 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 how far they came at the end of the year. This is a program that I think that that we're going to be able to say 
they've improved. Attitudes have been great. We have really good kids. And then we build, we build on that from there. Do you feel like you've got the pieces in place to have those foundational pieces built to eventually set you up for long-term success? Yeah, we'll see. You know, we, we've had some people move into the city that have really had some great experiences getting youth programs started where, where they come from and uh, have some really good ideas of uh, putting the time and the effort into getting our youth program on track and build up and the interest level. So really excited to see what, what that looks like over the next, you know, two or three or four years. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about lacrosse and we'll start with the girls first. They're actually about to get their season started. Uh, they're going to get going on Wednesday against uh, sacred heart Academy. Who's coming up from the bluegrass state uh, to kick off the season. You've got Bishop Watterson, Bishop Hartley, on uh, Saturday there. So back-to-back games there before you get a couple uh, league matches in with Marymount and Wyoming in the next uh, coming weeks right there. You've got one of the best goalies in Southwest Ohio and and Maria Lindbergh. She won a lot of honors uh, two years ago uh, as a sophomore there. So a lot really good to have that, if anything, coming back this year after not having a season uh, a year ago. Don't have quite the experience back that you had on offense a couple of years ago, and it's amazing looking at some of the uh, the numbers there from uh, two years ago. You know, Ellie Rabinold scores 109 goals. You know that that's that's a pretty darn good pretty darn good campaign. Reagan Wentz scored 54 that year. They're obviously have since moved on. So, with that said, how much are the coaches? relying on Maria early in the season, especially given that she has so much varsity experience and success and, and needing her to perform well early while the offense works in the new pieces to try to catch up. Yeah. You know, she's one of the captains. She's one of the senior leaders. She's one of the best players. You, you have to look at those kind of kids to help lead the team. You know, you mentioned Raven her little sister cam is one of those seniors and captains and will also move on to be a collegiate player next year. So we, we keep the Raven all name in the program and um, you know, we'll, we'll see what type of season she has, but we are, we're really excited about what type of girls lacrosse season we're going to have this year. We, I thought looked really good in our scrimmages before we, we went on spring break and uh, we took a little bit of time coming back from spring break to get all the kinks worked out and get back in shape kind of thing. And, you know, w- waited to play our first games until, as you said, tomorrow and, and this weekend, but I, high expectations for girls lacrosse. We have some really good young players that I think will step in and be some of those scores for us uh, as well. And, um, you know, girls lacrosse is a big deal here in, at Indian Hill. And I do, I do not expect to you know, really take a backseat to where the program's been in the last few years. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how tomorrow night starts off and, as you said, we have three games um, to get in before league play starts, and it should be a lot of fun. Over on the boys' side, they've gotten a couple of games in already before the break happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, tough one to open up against uh, St. X, losing that one 16-6, but bouncing back very nicely the next day a couple of weeks back, beating Carroll by a score of uh, 16-1. to So you know, you've got that. You got at least got the win underneath your belt before the break, so you have that to think – you have that to sit on. Uh, there now we're starting to get back into action here and looking at the way the schedule has set up at least as of now you've got six of your next seven on the road starting on Wednesday against Wyoming Wyoming was just beaten soundly by Marymount so a good opportunity to get a league win 
uh, there as well. A lot of the focus on this team is going to be on Charlie DeGenero, and we we know he, he's going to be a guy who's going on to the next level uh, to be to be an athlete at the next level there as well. But especially after the Carroll game in which he put, uh, poured in the double hat trick along with three assists. So really just an overall well-rounded lacrosse player Charlie is. Do you expect him in, in, in this final go-around to kind of embrace that role of being the guy that the other teams look at and say, we have to stop him? Absolutely. And he, you know, he kind of has that swagger to his game as well. And, you know, he, he's going to want to score every single time he, he gets a chance. But, you know, at the same time, he's, he's a good leader. He's a good team, teammate. He's going to recognize when he's being targeted or double or triple teamed or whatever. He's going to make sure his, his teammates are, uh, you know, are, are contributing in, in the ways when, you know, other teams take him kind of out of the moment, I guess. But, you know, but even back to that first game, that the same X game, it, it was a really good game in the first half. And I think our depth is going to determine what type of year that we have. We just gassed out in the second half and they were a lot deeper and good for them. That's a great program. That's why we play them. And, um, you know, even back to scrimmaging Marymont, kind of one of the you know first weeks of practice, who again will be a great rival for us and always has has a great program. It, those are those were both good measuring sticks to see where our program uh, is. And then yeah, the Dayton Carroll to get a big win like that before we went on break. Um, I think you know just kind of grew the confidence in our kids. But as I said, for girls lacrosse, boys lacrosse should be a lot of fun. We have some really nice players. We play a good, tough schedule, and, um, you know, both programs that we expect to play deep into the tournament. Talk to me a little bit about the, the assembly of this schedule because this, this is a five-team league as far as boys lacrosse goes. You've only got four other league opponents to go, so you've got to go out and find uh, non-conference opponents. And, and, and looking at the schedule, you've got a lot of really good uh, non-conference opponents in there. We were talking about St. X and Carroll. Bishop Watterson is on there. Elder, Moeller, Kings, CHDA, Summit. The list goes on and on. How did how did you and the coaching staff go about trying to assemble this schedule that can be that is not only challenging but also sets you up for potential long-term success in the postseason? Yeah, you know. So our coach was new last year, and some of this that he inherited, um, and and some of it is just really kind of putting his stamp of approval of, yeah, that these are the teams that, that we want to play. And I feel like all of our programs schedules in a similar way. We have our league schedule, which, um, you know, is, is often very competitive for most of our teams. And then we want to play the best around, you know, th- there's, there's different goals throughout the year. We want to be CHL champs, but we also want to be as prepared for the tournament as possible and play in these teams. Like you mentioned, um, we feel put us in the best position for postseason play. And, you know, our schedule is a little wonky this year out of, you know, 18 games, we have six home games and 12 away games. And, and, and again, that was a little bit from last year carrying over who could, so we need to get that figured out moving forward, kind of a little more even home and away, but from an, an opponent standpoint, we're really excited about the teams that we get to play and, and, um, you know, you, you do the best you can in those tough non-league games, just knowing it's preparing you for postseason. Kind of a similar story with your uh, tennis team here in, in, in the way you've scheduled this thing. It, for, for, well, let's talk about the league, first of all. 
for fans that don't know, this has been as dominant of a program within a conference uh, as you could ask for. And looking back as far as 1986 goes, think about how long ago that is, kids. Indian Hill has won the league every year but twice. Wyoming has won it twice. Every other year since 1986, it's been Indian Hill. So obviously the the standard standard expectation uh, is the league championship. And we fully expect that'll continue uh, this season, I would imagine. This is another really tough, though, non-conference schedule you've got going here. Obviously, Sycamore, the Sycamore uh, match on a Monday, uh, already under taken care of there. You've got Sycamore coming up again. I'm looking at the schedule. Mason, Louisville St. X, Cincinnati St. X, Mason again, Seven Hills, Covington Catholic. Uh, is this not, again, setting up to prepare this team well beyond the league season and set us up to where we know once we reach the postseason, we've already seen about as good as the state of Ohio has to offer. Without a doubt. I mean, if you were to ask our coach and our kids, the, the boys tennis program this year, their goal is to be state champions. I mean, and, and not just, you know, a goal that you put out there that a lot of teams do. And I mean, it, it is a realistic goal. And, you know, I say goal, it's, it's probably more of an expectation that we put ourselves right there to have the opportunity to be state champs. I mean, that that's, it's a lot like our, our boys swimming program the last couple of years, their expectation is they're not only going to be there, but, you know, it may come down to the last swim or the last match or, you know, whatever. Um, Sycamore, I think I have my facts right, or number four in the state in Division One, and that match yesterday went to the f- number three singles uh, match. Everyone's standing around cheering. You know, they're cheering. We're cheering. A great crowd for tennis. It went until about 7.15 or, you know, the match started at 4 o'clock. I mean, it was an unbelievable match. And um, saying that, we have four freshmen on on this team and it, it was it was really tough I know when it came to who made the varsity team our coach kept eight kids and four of them are freshmen and they're really good freshmen and this program is set up to not only have a really good year this year but the tradition should continue I mean that, that again that is that's our expectation it's they work hard they're really good we have a great coach in Wade Ward he's 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 the same coach that was our girls coach this past fall and he's going to schedule the best opponents whether it's in the state of Ohio or in Kentucky to get our kids in the best position and the best and toughest matches to be ready to compete for a state championship that's that's the program's goal right now so he's out to try and schedule the best to get you ready as you said to be to try and set that expectation of winning a state championship and a lot of folks look at postseason play as we're just happy to be there. And I get the sense that's not the case with this program. I know that's a really silly assumption on my part to make, but uh, you get to see it every, you get to see it every day. But I also wonder what is the reaction of the kids when they are, when this schedule is put in front of them, do they have any input going in? Is there anybody they'd like to see? Or do they, or do they ask like, would you rather play this team or this team? Or, or do they just see it and, and kind of evaluate it from there? What's their reaction through that process? Yeah, I think part of staying at Indian Hill, because, you know, we're a great school district. However, like every school, um, you know, your kids come up and there's choices around the city to make, whether 
they're private, parochial, public, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. um, like a lot of great public school districts, your goal is to keep your kids here, to keep your kids at 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 Indian Hill. That, that's so their expectation is they're coming to Indian Hill and playing for Indian Hill tennis, and they're going to have the opportunity to play at Indian Hill versus the best teams in the city. I mean, that is their expectation. They're not, they're not staying to play tennis at Indian Hill to go undefeated, you know, w- meaning go undefeated with a, a soft schedule. If we go undefeated with the type of schedule that we have, then that that's just, that's bonus, but they're coming here to make sure they're getting the best tennis possible in the city and the state of Ohio. So it's not a wide eyes wide open. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that we're playing whomever. That's what they're expecting. That that's, you know, that's part of the deal that we're going to give them the best competition possible in the Indian Hill tennis program. Lastly, with tennis, before we move on from there, you, you said four of the eight members on the varsity squad are freshmen. How much is a coach, how much is coach relying on your upperclassmen to sort of indoctrinate these freshmen not only into the program, but also to get them to understand as quickly as possible that, as you said, state championship is not a goal. It's an expectation here. League championship, that's a given. That does not go to anybody else but Indian Hill. Yeah, it, it's, you know, so it's that combination. We were talking about it yesterday because we have four freshmen that are such a big part of our varsity program. Starting the season off with another great program like Sycamore. Is it going to be a little shell shock? Are they going to be nervous? Is the stage too big? And I almost wonder if it's the other way around that they, they don't know any better, you know? So it's that combination mm-hmm. of, you know, just go play. Don't worry that we have Mason coming up on Friday, which is the number one team in the state in division one, you know, just go play. But, but right. There's this balance of counting on your upperclassmen to help carry on the tradition, help teach the, the freshmen, the, the younger kids, the expectation of being a tennis player at Indian Hill along with, with our coach. So it is a good balance of they don't know what they don't know, which might be a good thing sometimes. <laughs> and uh, then to learn the way from the, uh, the, the upperclassmen. So it's, I, I think they kind of have the best of both worlds that they, they get both of those experiences. Is that intentional from your coaching staff when they bring new kids in, try you know, and schedule it, them early on, just kind of throw them into the fire. I, I, I think that this is just a year and you know, there's always the other side of the coin that we had a lot of kids come out for tennis and not everyone made the team, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is, this is an example of our coach saying, whether you're a freshman or a senior, the best eight are going to make the varsity team. So, you know, that, that is, that can be really tough news for some to hear. And, you know, for us, we didn't keep any seniors on, on JV, so that made it even tougher for some of the kids that, you know, have been around for a little bit, but um, yeah, you, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just the model that, that our coach believes in to make our squad that the toughest that it can be. And uh, again, it's a little bit of a bit of an anomaly that we have four freshmen. Usually that's not the case, but when you can have four freshmen being a big part of your varsity program and to expect to have a great season, that that's a pretty good spot to be in. Oh, and it's like you said, also, those kids earn that spot on that squad as well. He's not going to just give it to the upperclassmen just because those kids earn that spot. So that tells you how good they are 
uh, there as well. Let's move on and uh, let's wrap things up here on the season premiere and let's talk about your track and field teams uh, just getting going uh, up at Northmont over the weekend and now a big week coming up here uh, this coming week. You've got the Madeira Invitational uh, this Wednesday, the Coaches Classic coming up uh, this coming weekend. Uh, for folks that don't know, the boys teams won the league the last two years. Girls have won it three straight years, so we're looking to defend those titles uh, as we go forward here. What do you make of the way the teams ran up at Northmont, and what is your expectation for this week with Madeira and then the, the Coaches Classic? Yeah, Northmont had a lot of quality programs, and our, our girls' team did really well, and our boys' team were, were solid. And, you know, we had a, a, a meet record, an invitational record on our girls' side in the 800, and we had a thrower win first place in, in, discus, in discus. So, you know, we had some success in Saturday. Again, that's we're really kind of just coming off spring break. I think it was a great way to get started. Now we get in the meat of our schedule and it'll ramp up. And, it, you know, I, I'm really not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know enough yet how we compare in the league and in, in our division and track and field. But I do know we have a lot of kids participating. Um, average our coach kids just love running for her and she seems to get the best out of every single kid that we have on the team. And, you know, just, just the way that that team is built again, they, they expect to, to do well in the league and have some kids move on and, and uh, do some great things postseason. So we'll see. I, I know she is scheduled in a way to, again, to give our kids the best opportunity to, to, uh, to compete at a high level. Specifically on the girls' side, you have a lot of upperclassmen on this roster, a lot of juniors and seniors. There are some freshmen and sophomores already starting to uh, to make their impact uh, on the program as well. But given the fact that you have so many upperclassmen you know, back from a couple of years ago and they're used to winning the league, as you said, they've won it three years in a row, how much of an advantage can that serve you knowing that you have experience back from from two years ago in winning a league title compared to some other teams who may be having to rely on some more of the unknown with the youth coming in. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it goes back to when, when your program has an expectation more than just a goal, it, it just, it, it elevates kind of the level of competitiveness. You know, right. when, 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 when they are going out and, and really kind of, helping the younger kids grow and learn the way of Indian Hill track and field. And, and just kind of that, again, that swagger of they expect to be good and they expect to, you know, run fast and compete, compete. Well, I, I think it's just a positive vibe amongst the team. And, you know, we talk about mental toughness. Every school talks about mental toughness. Every program talks about mental toughness. I think this is an example where, where it, 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 it plays a part, right? So you have those kids that are back, uh, the, the expectations there, they're mentally tough, they're helping foster that through the younger kids. And, and I, I think it gives us an advantage, quite frankly. So well, we'll see how the league plays out and, and how the season plays out, but we expect a lot from both our boys and girls track and field team. Obviously, yeah, this is, we didn't have a spring sports season one year ago. We're just starting to get going with it you know, a couple of weeks into it and things get unfortunately uh, shut down. So the spring sports season in totality does not happen a year ago. So we're really getting going for the first time in two years here. And we've talked about a lot of the 
the student athletes that are coming in either brand new or some with experience coming back. I'm curious from your perspective here, as you're, as you've begun to acclimate yourself with these spring sports and, and particularly with the coaches, how would you say the coaches have handled things getting back going again after, after losing an entire season a year ago? Yeah. You know, on one hand, it's, it's kind of been tough to, to scout, you know, like mm-hmm. from last year, obviously there, there's no, so you're trying to scout and you're trying to see who's coming back from two years. I, I just think it puts everybody at a disadvantage. Um, but I think our coaches have just been so positive that we're back to having a season. And mm-hmm. I think that our kids, our coaches are so appreciative that it's 75 degrees and they're participating and it feels normal and they're excited about the next event, the next game, the next match. And I, you know, I, I think it gave us all time to just pause and reflect and appreciate how important high school athletics are. And um, if we can keep that in mind and just remember just how valuable it is for our kids, our community, our parents, our, our coaches, um, that, that might be the blessing in disguise out of where we've been, you know, and losing yeah. last season that, that I, I feel like our kids are willing to do whatever they're asked to do to make sure they can keep playing. You know, some of our teams still wear masks and that's just out of um, an abundance of, of caution to make sure their season's not shut down. And, yeah. you know, it, it's things like that, that I, they're probably being asked things that, well, I know they're being asked things that they've not been asked to do before. And they're more willing to do it because they know what not having a season is like, you know? So again, if there's a, a blessing in the skies out of all of this, I think it's just knowing how important high school athletics are to everyone and making mm-hmm. sure that we have as much of a spring season and a really a complete spring season, if at all possible. One of the other lessons we've learned as well, this is can't take it for granted. And, and, and the work that everybody in general, but also, of course, in and around Indian Hill High School has done to get us through a fall season, get us through a winter season, and now we're here. And this is one of the byproducts of all that hard work. We get to talk about these coaches and these student-athletes and all the great work they're doing on and off the field here on the podcast because of everybody's uh, great work there as well. And, And with that, Brian, we certainly appreciate you giving us some of your time to talk about that, not only here today, but going forward in the next few weeks. Really looking forward to talking about spring sports. Yeah, I can't wait till next week. Hopefully we have a lot of good news and uh, some good ep- updates, and I'll see you next week. We'll be right back here on the podcast once again one week from today. Right now, though, that is a wrap on the spring sports season premiere of this week in Indian Hill Braves Athletics here at IndianHillBraves.org and ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.